0: Welcome to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast. My name is Namrata Bagaria and I'm your host. My guest today is Sienna Tujiani. Sienna is a volunteer trainer in technology with CNIB. Welcome, Sienna.
1: Thank you, Nam. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. Sienna, as you know, this podcast is around building an ecosystem for Health 4.0. Especially creating a leadership dialogue. So, can you tell our listeners where are you in the present health ecosystem, and what are your top three mandates?
1: Okay, so I am totally blind almost since birth. Um, I have a condition called persistent hyperplastic primary vitreous, which is actually a rare eye condition. I only know. Uh, couple of other people that have it, um, one of which is also here in Hamilton, Ontario. Mm -hmm. It's basically a condition where uh, the way it was explained to me in layman's terms was that the vitreous uh, basically thickens up over time to the point where no light is able to penetrate through. And um, it's actually a condition that starts in vitro. So when I was very, very little, I had some light perception, shadow perception and was able to, uh, my mom was telling me, was able to follow her finger um, and stuff like that. But um, there were a lot of operations that were done. I had quite a few. um, And because of a lot of scar tissue and complications with the surgery, Um, they weren't able to restore what little site I had. So um, that's that. And also I am a user of different assistive technology to help me uh, with everyday independent living and uh, productivity as well and and personal entertainment purposes as well. So I use um, Windows, Mac, and uh, iOS and Android, all with their built-in screen reading software. And um, I remember when I started using the computer, there was only a limited amount of assistive software available, and it was not built right into the system. So it's it's great to see how um, technology has improved over time. And I'm also a user of the Apple Watch as well as um, the voice activated assistance google home as well as amazon alexa i have an amazon echo here as well so i use a wide variety of technology um, as i said not only for personal use but also for productivity and independent living as well mm-hmm. and i'm also a as you mentioned before, Nam, I'm also a volunteer tech trainer at CNID. So what I do is I do a lot of one-on-one technology training um, for those who want to learn how to use Windows and the Mac with uh, the built-in narrator and voiceover screen readers, as well as people who are just getting started with the Android system and iOS as well, iPhone and iPad um, with their built-in voiceover and uh, talk back screen readers. And um, there's a program actually at CNIB called Phone It Forward. And basically what Phone It Forward is, is a program wherein uh, people who aren't able to afford a smartphone um, can receive a smartphone, a used, uh, Android or iOS, uh, iPhone. Um, and, um, basically anyone can donate a used smartphone and, um, whoever needs one, but can't necessarily afford one would be able to get one through the phone It forward program. And, um, where my training comes in is, um, if a client receives a new or used uh, smartphone, their very first smartphone, or um, another one through uh, the Phone at Forward program, I could help them uh, set up the phones and set up whatever accessibility services they need.
0: Wow. This is wonderful. And thank you for sharing about this phone forward. I'll keep in mind because I work in a technology lab and a lot of phones that we have. At the same time, I personally may also have something which I might consider. So that's a great uh, thank you for sharing this. So Sienna, this has been a long journey. This has been a long journey for you. And in this Journey, if I would ask you, what were your top three takeaways and how are you planning to proceed further with those takeaways? Like what have been your learnings so far?
1: So I've learned uh, quite a few things along the way. Um, the first one is that even with our different abilities, whether it's um, you know, visual impairments or um, hearing impairments or, or what have you, Um, no matter what the case may be, we are capable of doing anything we put our mind to. And um, I remember back when I was a teenager, I would say, well, you know, I don't know how much I can do. And I've learned throughout the years that there's, there's so much that I can do. And, um, you know, with a lot of practice and perseverance, we're able to achieve anything we can put our mind to. I strongly believe that. And the second thing is that we are not alone in our situation. Um, I've spoken to a whole bunch of people who have been going through vision loss and um, their concern is, you know, I've been doing things a certain way before, and now I can't do the things that I used to do. And mm-hmm. um, just encouraging them that, uh, as I mentioned in my previous uh, in, in my previous point, that you know you are able to do most of the same things. Of course, not drive a car or, or fly a plane, but um, you know get around independently. Uh, independent living skills. Um, you can do all of the same things but maybe not necessarily in the same way that you used to and you know the important thing that um, I learned and I like to share with others is that we're not alone and it's it's a journey it's a learning process and um, I think it's important to be able to um, You know, reach out when you're going through vision loss. Reach out to other people who may have similar experiences to yours. And, of course, everybody's journey, um, the way we all go through our journey, is not necessarily the same from one person to the next. But um, Mm -hmm. we can all get through it together, and we're not alone in our journey and uh, one you one more same. thing um mm-hmm. yeah no one 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 more thing Go if ahead. i may is that uh, to, to reiterate we we are able to do everything we can put our mind to and it's important even um for things like employment for um people who are not going through the same challenges as someone who is differently abled. Um, for people to understand, to be aware that um, people with different abilities are able to live fulfilling lives and, and uh, have employment opportunities, the same employment opportunities and hobbies and different be able to do the same most of the same activities as everyone else and it's important even as far as employment that uh, employers are able to um, give us a chance as well. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. I think uh, what you said is very I don't know true and very inevitable For most of us who are going to age at some point, and uh, as we age, we're going to have a difference in the abilities we have now and then what we have. I have a friend of mine. He's a retired professor, and he's losing his vision now. And for Mm -hmm. him, it's very challenging uh, using technologies the way he used to, and he has to relearn how to use on the assistive technology mode. And he is having motivation issues to switch from a, regular use that he's used to to um assistive mode and so for Mm -hmm. me in fact the episode yeah the episode before you is anona's and she's talked about that everybody if we design for everybody you know then everybody when they're able or not when people move towards aging they will benefit from that because now you've automatically have a system where everybody can benefit from the technology that that, that were designed, and the ability to bias is a big Absolutely. bias in designing and using of technology. Yes, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, Sienna, according to you, what should be or what is some considerations while thinking for Health 4.0 vision? What, according to you, should be the vision of this?
1: Um. The vision from an accessibility standpoint standpoint, I would say um, the vision is to come up with a system which will allow people to be proactive with their health. Um, There are definitely uh, some challenges along the way but we do have a good start in terms of um, the various health apps that are out there. Of course, we've got uh, Google fits and um, the uh, Apple health app and um, definitely apps to help improve one's uh, personal well-being as well as physical and mental health. Um, I think what needs to happen is we need to be able to um, put them all together in a system that is easy for everyone to use, whether it's someone with a visual impairment, someone with dexterity impairments, uh, whatever the case may be, even something that's easier for seniors to learn. And um, I think one of the challenges that is associated with that are some people, when whether they've lost their sight, um, from my experience, I've heard that people, Some people, whether they've lost their sight or whether they've um, had sight loss since birth or childhood, um, a lot of them are hesitant to learn new technology. Um, They're hesitant to uh, try new technology, the fear being, what if I make a mistake or what if I press a wrong button or whatnot? So... um, putting all of those different systems together in a way that's simple and can be accessed by everyone um, through voice activation and um, through closed captioning for the hearing impaired, for example, just incorporating all of those into this system, whether it's an app or Um, even a wearable. And uh, like I said, there's some good starts, um, definitely with apps um, to improve mental well-being. Uh, There's a couple of them that I've used. For example, there's an app called Muse, M-U-S-E, which um, you can wear this headband and it basically um analyzes the brain waves while you're meditating like whether you're relaxed or whether there's um stress going on and it helps you to uh, breathe better and also um the apple watch which has on it an app called breathe and how that works is through haptic feedback so what it does is you set the duration that you want to uh That you want to meditate and it'll provide haptic feedback to let you know when to inhale and then between vibrations it will um, pause so you can exhale and um, all of these technologies are great um, but another challenge that I've noticed is that not all of them are affordable and um, just putting the system together in such a way that is affordable as well and uh another point that um is very important and is very important is things like filling out forms when you go to the doctor sometimes they give you a form to fill out and um i've been really lucky in that um you know my mom or someone cited that uh can come with me to help fill out the forms and stuff like that, but not everybody has that ability to have someone with them to help fill out forms and stuff. And it's not always the case where doctors and nurses are willing to assist the client in filling out the forms. So um, having a way to... Mm -hmm fill out forms in an accessible manner. So, for example, um, when you get to the office, the forms are done um, on an iPad or on a tablet, for example, and you would have the ability to plug in headphones and uh, be able to fill out the form electronically. So things like that, I think, would be very beneficial in, in, in a health, 4.0 4.0 ecosystem.
0: You know, it's 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 funny you mentioned this in a way because this, what you mentioned, is the need for accessibility and the technologies that you mentioned are health 2.0 requirements. And it mm-hmm. broadly highlights one, the gap in the policy and be the gap in the uh, labors or the human resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes me wonder, that health 4.0's first work would be actually to carve out the gaps in health 2.0 actually, and and see whether they're addressed or not, because you cannot build on top of that. While on one side you mentioned all these devices like assistive technologies or having these uh, home devices like Alexa or whatnot. And, 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 mm-hmm. and those are, again, not even 4.0, they come under like 2.0, 3.0 with social media integration. For me, I'm beginning to learn as I work with you and other colleagues who are in the health systems or who are in the technology systems, that 4.0's vision, which is almost real-time care or virtualization of services, will really have to be built on solid foundations on of policy, of human resources. Because while we can have a wonderful vision, like everybody has whatever they want and they, they just think and the taxis come and you know, all that sci-fi kind of thinking. But I think when it comes to implementing, there are existing problems. And I can see two kind of groups emerging from our discussions. One would be the futurists Who would guide us with what can be and the one would be the presentists that's not a word but i'm just making it up who take a stand and say hey here's the gap now we want to fulfill it because if you don't do it now you cannot build that on this and then there'll be Mm -hmm. the third kind of the intermediary one who are connecting like the in between the present and the future because someone has to go from the future borrow what you want to do look in the present, not there deliver it then go back in the future and implement it are you getting what i'm trying to say so it become almost like a almost like a feedback mechanism of its own you know and mm-hmm. it's very very uh interesting conversation we are having because it also goes back to a more fundamental approach of who is, who is the society for? Is it for abled? Are disabled separate from the society? Or are we one society? And it's a more fundamental question, um, which we have to think when making a solution or a policy, right? Absolutely. Like inclusive by design is a mindset shift. It's not, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a culture shift in thinking for people
1: absolutely and and um you brought up a good point inclusive inclusivity by design um and uh, that that's the key um is making it accessible for everybody um no matter whether abled or differently abled Um, the importance is to uh, have that design have the system designed in a way that's not only accessible for all but affordable for all uh whether able to differently just one universally accessible system Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. and in such case you know what do you think are the obstacles and what do you think are the motivators to make something accessible for all like in your experience what are the three if you have obstacles and three motivators
1: I think the obstacles, well, one of them for sure that I've noticed a lot, um, even with things that are not necessarily Health, point, uh, health 4.0 related, um, I think one of the obstacles is that a lot of the time things are designed um, to be used by people who are able and a lot of people are not aware of what accessibility uh, features need to be put in place so they end up being put in place um, afterwards mm-hmm. instead of uh, right from the get-go because mm-hmm. a lot of developers will say that the time and resources are not readily available for them to be able to uh, make it accessible um, so there's there's definitely that and I um, there's society's willingness to to uh, accom- a- accommodate people who are differently abled. Th- those are definitely uh, the two obstacles that I see. And um, again, as I've mentioned before, also um, willingness to adapt to a new technology. Um, there are those who are easily willing to adapt, and those who, as I mentioned before, hesitate, um, you know, I'm, I'm used to doing it this way, and so I'm used to the older um, way of doing things, and having to learn something new can be challenging for people, and can be uh, overwhelming at times, so I can see those as being obstacles.
0: Yeah, and in this scenario, what do you think would be the motivators for adoption then?
1: I think the uh, motivators is um, just being able to be more proactive and um, to be more independent as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think those are the, the main motivators. Um, independence is definitely um, definitely key to be able to uh look after your health and get the support that you need and just having mm-hmm. that independence having that it it gives you a sense of freedom
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it's and, also and to I'm gonna... to... no no sorry. just
1: uh Just one more thing, just to be able to um, do things, again, no matter what uh, accessibility needs you have, and to be able to uh, look after your health care in a way that works best for you is is definitely very, uh, very rewarding.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I think as you talk about, there's a couple of things that come in my mind. Uh, First, there's a cultural component to it. Independent living is very strongly Western values. So at least in Western society, that's easy easy to understand. Like, but when it comes from, I come from the East, I come from India, where you have uh, families or now you have a broken family system where people live somewhere and their family members are somewhere else. And uh, traditionally we've had like, you know, three generations living in the same household and now we see different generations living elsewhere. So for example, I have mm-hmm. my family in India and I would definitely want my parents who are getting older uh, to be able to live independently. And for me, um, I'm only be only going to be able to visit them, you know, and in given the face of Corona, I'm not even going to be able to visit them for a long time now. So, mm-hmm. uh, so... So apart from designing, there's also a huge amount of education that has to be invested in because India, China and other such countries are rapidly aging. And when you don't have a memory of when you age, you may lose your vision, you may have blurred vision, you may have so many. I'm not saying to make them feel bad or scared of aging, but getting those concepts into a society which doesn't even plan for it is is challenging and on the other side having a huge socio-economic disparity because we don't have almost middle class like canada has you know and what about mm-hmm. those people Absolutely. who don't have anywhere to go or eat or live so that's one point i mean mm-hmm. and these are huge problems of course like technology won't be solving them that parallels Technology can enable solutions, but technology itself is not the solution for a lot of societal issues. So that's the first thing.
1: Absolutely, and you I think bring a, a, up a good point. Um, education is key, and um, being yeah. able to accept um, that as as you age, you may experience um, different challenges, and not necessarily in terms of aging, but um, in the case of vision loss, anyone can experience vision loss at any age, whether childhood mm-hmm. or as an, as an adult. And I think the important thing, and um, it's definitely easier said than done, of course, but coming to that point where um, we're able to accept it and be able to learn how to cope with it um, both in terms of mental well-being and in terms of independent living
0: Mhm yeah and and i think i think it's and also very very to important to learn that we in have a new more way. so
1: education visibility
0: yes Yes, definitely. And it's also important that we have visibility for Absolutely. people like yourself who are doing so much amazing work on a volunteer basis and, like, and, and the need for technology companies to have accessibility trainers like you are part of their design team, testing team. So it's my shout out to anyone who's listening that uh, if you're inspired by this talk, come at health 4.0 summit where Sienna is one of our panel members and she'll be there. And she'll also be a special radio jockey in the lunchtime for us. (laughs) So Sienna on a parting note, what are your expectations um, from health 4.0? Awesome. And so if you want to know more about this, go ahead, Sienna.
1: Yeah, no worries, (laughs) Um, I'm definitely looking forward to the summit and be able to uh, share my experiences with accessibility um, from a user standpoint and um, to be able to work together with everyone to uh, build the foundation for for an accessible, affordable health 4.0 solution and I'd be very interested as well to uh, assist anyone who has any accessibility projects that um, they would like some consulting for um, in terms of testing and uh, what can be um, done to improve the system or what's working for you, um, no matter whether it's uh, in the realm of healthcare, Health 4.0, or or even other technological um, accessibility projects that you would uh, need any consulting on and uh, just any help from a user standpoint, I'd be happy to help as well.
0: That's awesome. So if you wanna know more about Sienna, you can find her profile on health4.tech. And I hope to see you at the summit uh, virtually. (laughs) And uh, I really had a good time having this conversation with Sienna. Thank you.
1: It was a pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to seeing you soon.